Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay. Well met, fellow adventurers. I am in Hawklaw. Where I'm, where I'm still waiting for the crumbling tower to finish. But there are other adventures to do here in the meantime. The first is deep in the forest. Following the faint cries, you stumble northward through the trees. Taking care not to tumble over the exposed roots, jagged rocks and thick undergrowth. All of which seem intent on thwarting your every step. Start this adventure. Deep in the forest, several miles north and east of Hawklaw. For two days, you've tracked missing hunter through the unyielding thick of the forest, following an ever-dwindling trail evidence that has, thus far, made you believe Noak Buriad is yet alive. Though he's been gone for nearly four days, nothing you discovered on your wilderness search seems to indicate the man from Hawklaw has met any sort of untimely demise. Only a few hours ago, having risen before daybreak and resumed your northward trek, you came upon evidence of a small campfire. The ashes were cold, but the sight of the charred circle served to boister your hope that you were at last closing in on the missing villager. The thought of returning to Hawklaw with Newark and reuniting him with his distraught wife and children is enough to allow you to ignore your growing fatigue and press on through the wilderness. As afternoon on the second day of your search begins to wane, draping the woodlands in the, in the long shadows that precede the onset of another lonely dusk, you happen upon a grim scene that fills you with a profound sense of despair for the fate of the wayward huntsman. At the edge of the broad grove of gnarled oaks, you discover a wide swath of the leaf-covered woodland floor splattered with blood, a torn piece of heavy blood-soaked cloth, perhaps part of a tunic, 
lies further along. Fearing for the worst, you begin to turn in a circle, your keen eyes scouring the forest for evidence of her body. As you pivot to the east, your eyes widen, the sight of a creature silently stalking out of the dense wall of brush, the base of a moss-covered stroke. Slope. What could it be? We'll see soon. A massive, Ferundian brown bear, its head covered, and its steely gaze frozen on you, moves slowly and gracefully through the thick foliage and begins to circle you. The, fo- the ferocity and savage might of these bears is legendary, and despite your refusal to abandon all hope of finding Nowak alive, your imagination is now filled with grim images of the hunter's likely demise. As the bear continues to circle you at a distance, now and again huffing loudly, you realise you must act immediately if you are to survive the encounter. So I can use archery, elementalism, I could move forward and engage the bear, and remain where I am and presumably prepare myself for its attack. I will use elementalism, that's always fun. It succeeded. 4x speed to elementalism. You summon your power of elementalism and watch as a powerful blast of wind tears through the trees and slams into the bear, knocking the bewildered animal to the ground. Clearly gazed, the bear slowly begins to return to its feet. With no desire to allow the bear to regain its senses, you charge forward and attack the fearsome creature. It's a brown bear, and it's dazed. Alright, I have to kill this bear. Bear bellows as it savagely attacks. And I just bashed it to pieces. But I probably ruined the pelt in the process. I already know what to do with it. 4xp. You step back from the bear's bloodied carcass and quickly survey the surrounding forest. With no sign of anything else lurking nearby, you relax your stance and spend just a few moments recovering from the fight and checking over your gear. You're about to resume your search for Noak when a series of faint, frantic cries wings out from somewhere to the north. Overcome by a sudden resurgence of hope, you hurry off in the direction of the unsettling shouts, praying you've at last located the missing hunter. Following the faint cries, you rush northward through the trees, taking care not to stumble over the exposed wood, jagged rocks and thick undergrowth, all of which seem intent on thwarting your every step. After only a few minutes, you reach the base of a steep, rocky hill. On the western side of the Wise, you discover a broad, dark, moss-covered cave mouth. A thin trail of blood leaves into the cave's gaping maw. It's a cave again! Okay. We repeatedly call out for Newark and are disheartened when you receive no reply. Daylight is fading fast. With no further cries to guide you, 
you realise your only viable option is to enter and search the cave. With your trusted light in hand and your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you cautiously make your way into the damp, musty gloom. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave. A broad, sloping tunnel descends northward into the damp, eerie gloom that fills this remote forest lair. So I'm, I'm on the western side of this cave. Now and again, sounds of things unseen move through the surrounding gloom. Gloom. Moving through the surrounding gloom, reach your ears as you cautiously explore the damp, dark cave. Okay, firstly, suddenly, a grim snarl shatters the eerie stillness of the cave tunnel. You instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as your keen eyes scour the gloom ahead. With your heart pounding, you watch as a large shape begins to emerge from the shadows. A massive brown bear steps slowly out of the darkness ahead, its head lowered and its menacing, unflinching gaze follows on you. A deep rumble of the creature's laboured breathing echoes along the passage. Suddenly, the bear rears up on its hind legs, the top of its broad, angular head brushing the roof of the tunnel. Then, with a savage roar, the mighty beast drops to all fours and charges. It's a massive brown bear. And bears usually are bad news. If they're trying to kill you, that is. And this isn't no panda. So it's not going. So it's not just going to sit there and just eat bamboo all day. I must kill this bear. The bear bellows as it savagely attacks, Rawr! like that, but louder and more bearish. The bear savagely mauls you. Oh, oh no! I don't like being mauled. It's quite unpleasant. And it is slain. Five experience points. You step back from the carcass of the slain bear. And us, and us. And are suddenly aware of something large. Loot lurking in the gloom to your right. You swiftly pivot to face whatever is concealed in the gloom. Only. Only to find a massive sprayed paw streaking towards your head. Alright. Pick a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from agility, 10 from body, 10 from luck. I've got to get 60 or more, or I will get swiped on the head. And that will hurt. 98. Success. You twist to your left, narrowly dodging the streaking paw. The momentum of your tiny manoeuvre sends you careening wildly into the tunnel wall. Nope. Swiftly regaining your balance, you spin around and find yourself confronted by another massive brown bear. The fearsome creature, even larger than the one you've just killed, bellows loudly as he rumbles forward and attacks. 
Okay, what's making these bears so aggressive? I mean, I'm okay. I mean, bears sometimes attack people, but they're not colonial organisms who, who don't care whether they die or not. They've seen someone die. They've seen a bear get killed in about 12 seconds. This, this Bears don't normally do that. <laughs> well, probably. I don't know any bears. They should run away now. Something is messing with these bears. It's another massive brown bear. Which bellows as it savagely attacks. And then it mauls me. Waking voice across my face. and Really hurting, probably. It was 23 damage. So it definitely really hurt. Okay. And it is slain. 5 XP. With a loud grunt. The great bear topples over onto its side. Its stick limbs are thrashing wildly. It's only a few seconds, however, its throes of death abruptly cease, leaving you to stare at its silent, bloodied, unmoving remains. A sinister snort from behind startles you. Instinctively, you turn and adopt. Which is spelt ad pot here, because well, if you're if you're writing if you're writing three and three quarter million words, typos aren't going to slip in. It's just the way it goes. A combat-ready stance, only to find yourself staring down at yet another stalking brown bear. The largest yet they keep getting bigger. Yeah, the massive bear stretches wide its deadly jaws and unleashes a series of savage wars as it charges. This is a massive brown bear. And once more, I am fighting it. Well, I thought, no, it's a different bear. So I'm not fighting this bear. It's the first time I fought this bear. But I fought other bears just before. Wars as it savagely attacks. And it mauls me for 18 damage. And it is slain. 5 XP. As the third bear slumps lifelessly to the floor of the cave, you lean back against a wall and exhale sharply. A grim stillness now hangs in the silent dark of the cave tunnel. You cast your wary gaze along both lengths of the uneven passage, but nothing stirs in the gloom. To taking a few moments to check over your gear, you cautiously prepare to continue your exploration. Okay, I can heal up from that. Alright, going to the southwest corner. Suddenly. You reach the end of the twisting tunnel and discover a jagged vertical crevice between two imposing shoulders of rock, into which leads a thin, fresh trail of blood. You're about to step forward and investigate when a man clad in a tattered leather tunic slowly begins to squeeze out of the narrow opening. Your heart leaps when you immediately realise you've at last found Nurok, the hunter, battered and bloodied. is alive, but he has been severely wounded and is both weak and unsteady on his feet. You came along just in time. 
he croaks, managing a faint smile as you rush forward to prevent him tripping, toppling over. Never saw anything like those bears! After doing what you can to immediately tend to Nurk's more serious wounds, you throw, you throw his arm across his back, across your back, and begin leading him out of the cave. As you carefully navigate the treacherous tunnels, praying all the while you won't run into any more bears, the grateful hunter begins to rate you a harrowing account of the last couple of days. You learn he was hunting less than a mile from here when we encountered a particularly aggressive brown bear. Unable to ward off or evade the beast, he fled. A chase ensued during which the bear managed to more than once wake him with his deadly claws. I was bleeding badly by the time I stumbled into this cave, he says, as the two of you near the entrance. I didn't realise there were more bears in here, of course. Never saw anything like it. These were about the meanest bears I've ever come across. Something very unnatural about it all. I don't really need to describe it to you, though. You've seen it all firsthand. Newark tells you he narrowly escaped death by rushing deeper into the cave and taking refuge in the crevice in which you discovered him. He says he periodically called out for help, as loud and for as long as his lungs would allow. He began to abandon all hope, hope as he felt himself growing weaker. Then, along you came, he says, as you step out into the glim, dim light of late afternoon. Thankful to once again immerse yourself in the cool, cool fresh air of the forest. Hawklaw's hero, so I've always thought it should be. Oh, you one friend. Thank you. Just after nightfall, when you return to Hawklaw, within the hour, Newark is reunited with his wife and children. In the common room of the Stoneback Tavern, Pippi Paw, Stoneback's beloved proprietor busies himself preparing what food is at hand and serving what seems to be an endless stream of pale and ale. Despite the battering he suffered from his encounter with, his, with the bears and his harrowing experience inside the forest lair, Newark's spirits remain high and he's entirely certain he'll make a swift and full discovery. After thanking you repeatedly, Newark and his family set off for home in the company of a farm, he will take them on on his wagon to their abode on the southern outskirts of the village. When they're gone, Pippipore takes a seat near you before the hearth, glances about the mostly empty room, then thanks you himself for your daring rescue of the hunter. If his accounts to believe to be believed, there was something peculiar about those bears. He says yawning as he stretches his feet towards the fire. It's the first I've heard of anything like that, mind. Can't say I'm surprised. This is a strange time. And the world is becoming a very strange place. Never sure what to make of all of it. Learn not to discount things I hear. No matter how odd they sound, the tavern keep retrieves two steaming mugs of payload and thrusts one of the uncomfortably hot vessels into your waiting hands. As he retakes his seat, he suddenly laughs. Well, we've got the strangest, strange and dangerous things of this world closing in all around us. From every direction, it seems. 
But then, we have folk like you, able and willing to push it back. He says, his, his eyes twinkling in the firelight. Before the peril that presses on, there's, there's but a handful like you who going to pour false silence in mid-sentence and again laughs. He leans back in his chair, glances about the womb and shakes his head. I suppose the hour's just a bit late to be pondering such things, he says, almost apologetically. Now, let's finish up these payloads and I'll fetch what's left of the ale. And that finishes this adventure with 384 experience as a general 32 XP to all skills and powers. But the thing is, I only explored the southwest corner of that cave. And I want to have a look at the west of it. So now I'm going to quit without saving so I can play it again. Uh, yeah. Alright, beginning the adventure once more. Okay, I'm just going to pause until we get to the bit where we're actually at the cave. You know what, I'll change it up. I'll use archery against the bear. You've unsuccessfully used your archery skill. Before you can axe, the massive bear charges, its grim snarls echoing through the forest as it swiftly closes in. And it's the same as it was last time. Just a bit tougher. Alright, pause until we get to the cave. Okay, I am now at the intersection. I can go south to where I've previously been. Or I can go east to where the cave goes elsewhere. Now I've reached the eastern side of the cave. And I can go south. Or I can go... Or I can go north. Alright, nothing in that corner. Nothing in the southeast corner. Suddenly. Hmm. Well, I've just gone, gone north on that intersection. Discover the leather-clad skeletal remains of a woman lying along the wall in, in this section of the cave tunnel. A large sack filled with a variety of items rests near the long dead adventurer. Okay, it's a pretty nice loot drop. I mean, I've got some unmatched bone gauntlets. And 47 gold. That in, that's, which was actually in six trinkets. After making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the blue. Alright, went to the northeast corner. Now the northwest corner. Okay. There, that's. That is the west of the cave explored. Now make my way to the southwest corner. Suddenly, here were the bears. You've seen that before, so I'll pause. Another new thing, I failed the check when the bears bear stroke. The bear swiped at me. You twist you to your left, but not quickly enough to avoid being struck. The massive paw slams into the side of your head, sends you to careening into the 
tunnel wall. 18, 18 damage. It's dazed with your eyes, ears winging and blood streaming down your face. You turn to find yourself confronted by another brown bear. The fearsome creature, even larger than the one you just killed. Bellows loudly as it lumbers forward and attacks. What we fought that bear before, so once again, I'm pausing. Okay, that, that adventure is now completely done with. And we move on to the next one. The next one is the cabin, which we've already done. And the wand, and that's part of a series, so we'll do both of those together in their own episode. The next one is Snowy Dusk. You reach the end of the path and steal onto, onto broad outcropping of icy rock, perched on the edge of a ledge. You shiver as your eyes struggle against the fading light of dusk to scour the snowbound forest. And now we're starting that adventure. Oh, this can be normal or scaled. I'll do it on normal. Back. Ever since discovering the abandoned wagon. Its horses cut free, and the telltale signs of a brief but violent struggle evident in the surrounding crimson-splattered snow. You've been determined to discover what terrible event recently took place here on this lonely stretch of forest road east of Hawklaw. A muddled trail of tracks and, at least initially, blood led you off the road and into the snowy, dust-shrouded wood to the north. Moving swiftly, your steps muffled by the chim-deep blanket of white draped over the forest floor. You press on along the well-trodden trail, your eyes continually scouring the deepening gloom for the first sign of movement. You reach the end of the path and steal onto a broad outcropping of icy rock. Perched on the, on the lip of the ledge, you shiver as your eyes struggle against the fading light of dusk to scour the snowbound forest. Base of the outcropping, perhaps a dozen feet below, the indistinct tracks you've been following continues to meander to the north and east. Suddenly, something stirs at the edge of a thick thicket several yards to your left. Instinctively, whipping your head in the direction of the movement, your heart nearly skips a beat when your eyes descend upon an unexpected and unwelcome sight. Creeping through the snow-covered foliage, their wagged, filthy hide attire, seemingly inadequate to ward off the winter's chill, are three cave goblins. The undesirable trio seems well aware of your presence, for they do not display any of the savage aggression otherwise typical of their kin. You are left to believe that the three goblins are attempting to pass through without incidents. As you stand staring at the goblins, you notice something else. Two of the creatures have sustained serious wounds, obviously the result of some brutality recently visited upon them. 
blood covers the high vest of two of the goblins and shrieks the grey flesh of their uncovered arms and legs. Ah! I think that's... That might be the first time we actually... It's actually covered what co what colour goblins are. These goblins, at least, are grey. Of course, that doesn't mean other goblins can't be different colours, or even multiple colours. I mean, maybe there's some goblins somewhere that are hot pink, hot pink with yellow polka dots. Who knows? <laughs> Through their wide calculating eyes will remain fixed on you. The goblins do not stop. They continue to skirt the edge of the sprawling laurel patch as they head back in the direction of the road. You abandoned only a few minutes ago. So I've got some options here. I can allow the goblins to pass and just, you know, assume. But then again, if I do, if I pass and they later go on to hurt anyone, I'm responsible in a way. I can attempt to waylay them or I can just attack them. You know what? I'm going to allow them to pass. In less than a minute, the goblins round the edge of the thicket and disappear into the snowy gloom of the forest, with the bare branches of the nearby woodland gut giants rattling in the frigid breeze. You quickly decide upon your next course of action. I can continue following the trail... Oh, I can abandon the hunt and leave the forest. No, i got to continue following the trail. Someone could be hurt. Determined to continue following the track, you cautiously descend to the outcropping at the end of the trail and again pick up the pack of brinks, now much less distinct, at the base of the ledge. Doing your best to ignore the frigid wind biting at your exposed flesh, you press on through the snowy twilight, Hoping, if there is indeed someone in need of your help, that you're not already too late. You press on through the forest, ever mindful of the unsettling facts that the snowy dusk is now rapidly giving away to the grim spectre of a windy, frigid night. Suddenly, just when it seems you can no longer clearly discern the trail of footprints, you hear some tears... Shouting from somewhere to the north, the sound, though unmistakably desperate, is muffled, perhaps by the snow, it's difficult to precisely locate. Without, without a second thought, you strike out in what you believe to be the direction of the last cry, your heart pounding and your every sense alert. After trudging through the knee-dimp snow for nearly a hundred yards, you arrive at broad wall of firs. A, tang a tangular bramble and bracken entwines the bases of the ancient trees, making continued progress along your current course all but impossible. Suddenly, another cry rings out, this time from the east. Louder and more distinct than those you've heard moments ago, you're now certain the voice is that of a man. Striking out in the direction of the sound, you covered less than 50 yards 
and the source of the desperate cause is at last revealed. In the midst of a small clearing, slumped up against a snow-covered boulder, his body whittled with numerous bloody gashes, is a large man dressed in furs. The corpses of six cave goblins lie strewn about him in blood-spattered snow. The man moans and draws a wagged breath as his fearful gaze focuses on something near the edge of the open space. Realizing at once the man is severely wounded and likely to be near to death, you're about to rush to his aid when you suddenly spot what must obviously be the source of his profound terror. A hulking ogre, clad in bear skin, a heavy wooden club resting on his shoulder, is moving slowly around the premises of the clearing. The fearsome beast, his wide eyes peering into snowy light, stops and sniffs at the air. Even from this distance, you can plainly hear the deep rumble of its laboured breathing. So... So I've got a few options here. I could use divination to figure out what to give me some clues. I can rush to the defence of the wounded man or remain where I am and continue to observe. I'll use divination first to give me some clues. It succeeded. You channel your power of divination and are startled when you immediately sense the ogre does not mean any harm to the wounded man. Alright, okay, okay. I shall now enter the clearing and approach the wounded man. You rush up to the clearing and approach the wounded man. He turns and looks up at you as you approach and offers a weak, fleeting smile. You sense a mixture, mix of fear and relief behind the forced expression. Don't! He gasps, his eyes, closing his eyes tightly. Don't! You instinctively turn your attention to the ogre, who remains on the far side of the clearing, still sniffing the air. The towering creature, his, his crude bearskin tunic, collecting the snow dropping from overhead brows, turns and briefly glances in your direction before resuming his slow meander along the forest's edge. Returning your gaze to the wounded man, your eyes pass over the corpses of the slain goblins. The bloodied remains of six of the vile creatures lie scattered across the snowy ground. Leave him! This is the man at your feet, his eyes still closed. He killed them! He saved me! Leave him be! The snow around the wounded man is drenched with his blood. Several broad gashes on his legs and torso attests to the savagery of the goblins that now lie dead around him. The ogre, the ogre snorts loudly and turns to face you, his wise eyes narrowing to though little more than, bra- than black slits. So I've got three options. Attempt to aid the wounded man, or I can draw myself into a defensive stance, or I can attack the ogre now. That just seems quite un, quite ungrateful, really, attacking the ogre after he, after that ogre saved this man who he did not know and had no obligation to help at all. At great risk to himself as well. 
No, let's focus. Let's focus on saving the wounded man. I don't. I don't. If the if the ogre, the ogre defended this man, then I think unless unless I threat directly threaten it, then I'm probably going to be safe. All right. You do your best to ignore the unwanted attention of the ogre. You crouch down next to the fur-clad man and examine his wounds. He's lost an enormous amount of blood and appears to be barely clinging to life. He moans and opens his eyes, fixing you with a puzzled look. Where's my son? He gasps. Is he alright? Is he here? With no immediate answer to his desperate cry, you whisk a glance back at the looming ogre. Suddenly, as if alerted to something and escapes your senses, the beast whips his head to the north and snorts loudly. Then, without ever looking back, the ogre bounds off in that direction, each of its lengthy strides covering what must be almost ten feet. In a matter of moments, matter of only a few moments, the ogre is lost from sight in the frigid gloom of the forest. Where's my son? repeats the man. He isn't here, is he? He ran when the goblins came at us. He's a fast lad. They couldn't have caught him. As you struggle to bind his wounds and stem the bleeding, the man begins babbling almost incoherently, though you manage to glean his story from amidst the scattered bits and pieces he breathlessly relates to you. Learn that the man, Brog, Broragar and his young son Iverston were travelling to Orkloff on their farm, several miles east of the village, when they were set upon by a large band of goblins. The vicious creatures cut loose their horses and made off with the animals before taking both Broragar and his son captive. Broragar tells you he managed to draw his iron rod and brain one the goblins, buying Iverster the time he needed to make good his escape. The la- the la- he says the last he saw of Iverston, the young boy was sprinting along the road towards Hawklaw, shouting to hope for help with the lone goblin in dogged pursuit. No goblin alive could catch that boy, says Bragalar, wincing, as you tighten a strip of cloth around his white leg just above one of his more grievous wounds. The only thing is, I thought you were him. Just for a moment, man. Scared me half to death to think he'd come back. Now, now obviously, this man needs healing. And I, fortunately for both of us, for him and for me, I happen to have the skill of restoration. Well, the power of restoration. And she is well, well above the 20 needed to work here. So I'll give it a go. Though it does only have an 89% of success, because that's just... That's how the skill power checks work in this world. It, the, 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 the difficulty of the check doesn't seem to have any effect at all upon your success. Your chance of success, which is... Odd, really. I mean, you think if you saw something that was a one plus difficulty check, 
you'd assume it would be easier than something that's a 60 plus and that if you said say 70 with at a skill or power that you could do the one the level one check guaranteed no problem the level 60 check would be i don't know a 90 percent chance or something like that I don't know, I haven't really figured out the numbers. And if you did a 70, if you're, oh, it was on level, I don't know, 70% chance if you're just exactly on level. I think that make that, that, that probably how, that might, maybe how I'll do it, but as I say, I'm not the GM. I don't control such things. But I'll use restoration. Hope it works. Probably will. Call upon it. Succeeded! Yay! 32 experience to restoration. You channel your power of restoration and place your hands on Pryagor's shoulders. Almost at once, an intense warmth passes out of your body and into the wound-riddled torso of the fur-clad man. His eyes widen and he gasps in alarm as the pain that assails him rapidly lessens. Thank you! He says softening, his breathing noticeably less laboured. Thank you. But Valabor tells you, the ogre appeared out of nowhere and killed the goblins who dragged him out of that thing. I didn't know ogres were capable of acts of, of, of that, he says, wincing as he shifts his weight. Oh, maybe I'm not remembering what really happened. I don't know why the goblins attacked us. Nothing value on my wagon, save for my son and the horses. Well, you are made of meat. That's all. That's always a consideration when you're dealing with more monstrous foes, or maybe they just just hoped. Hope there was something good in there? Oh, there's also Ransom. Ransom's definitely something you can do. I mean, I mean, I mean they don't know. They don't know you probably don't know any particularly well thing. And the chances are, I mean, I'm probably the richest person. I'm not the sort of person who pays Ransom. I'm the sort of person who just goes into the Ransomer's place and just cast destruct. And uses destruction and it explodes all their heads. Well, maybe they're not for, they don't know I'm around here. Still, the ogre undoubtedly saved me from those fiends. Babadar falls silent and closes his eyes. He instinctively reach down and stir him, shaking by the shoulders to keep him conscious. He looks up at you and smiles weakly. We have to get out of here, he whispers. I think I can make it with your help. I have to find my son. Bywardar pulls bulkier and more difficult to support than he had first imagined. Despite his weakened state, his considerable weight and, and the treacherous footing, he managed to prop him up against your shoulder as you slowly and cautiously make your way out of the forest. 
The track you followed on your way into the wood is now largely obscured by the blowing snow, making it almost impossible to follow. Listening to your instincts, however, you eventually find your way back to the road. Stepping out of the wood only a dozen yards from the abandoned wagon, it is now nearly dark. After helping you charge into a seated position against one of the wagon wheels, you glance in both directions along the lonely road. The snow is falling steadily now, making a challenge to see more than a few dozen yards in any direction. I have to find Everston, gasped Balcor, glancing up here. If you can help me up again, I think we should go towards Hawklaw. He was headed that way. Don't want him out there alone somewhere. You immediately tell cross an ocean. Telling Bragor he's too weak to make even the short trek to the village. When you announce that he that you you will immediately set off after you after after his son he manages to smile and not. Yes, you're right. Although only slow things down, he says. Go after him, my friend. Go! Oh, I probably should, uh, hmm, I don't know, wood putting a fire, wood lighting a fire, possibly using my skill of elementalism, and the many, many bits of wood that are around here. Would that make him more or less in danger? Because if there's a fire, it will pro- it will deter wolves. Will de- deter trolls, probably deter ogres, but I don't think it. But it would alert, it would alert any goblins that he's there. Also, if there happens to be any bandits abound, they'll be alerted too. I mean, there might be bandits, probably maybe not. I mean, it's not it's not a major road, so there's no particular reason to be there, you know, unless they're. On the one. Yeah, yes. Mm. Would a fire help? Well, the thing is, we know there are goblins around, so unless you need a fire to stay warm, you probably don't. But it's very cold, so you probably actually need a fire to stay warm. Mm. I don't know, inside the wagon. You, you, if he goes inside what well what remains of the wagon, then that'll probably keep out the wind, and probably, and maybe if we use some things he probably still has in there, you know, to wipe him up. What to do? Well, I bet best find his son quickly, because if. if because if, if if say a lot of goblins attack, then then there's there's really then he, he, he's he, he's doomed. All right, gotta find his son quickly. All right, now I'm gonna pick a number, a bonus of fifty, twenty from agility, twenty from war, ten from luck, and he's seventy-five or more to find his son quickly. Pick now. 90 success. A muff... Oh, oh, no. No, it's not that. A 
A rush of air and a muffled crunch of soft of a soft footfall serve as your only warning. You instinctively twist to the side, nimbly and narrowly dodging something that streaks past your face. A hideous shriek erupts on your left, and you spin in the direction of the sound to find yourself face to face with a pair of cave goblins stepping out from behind the wagon. The fiendish humanoids, their emancipated frames wrapped in a tattered array of furs, bound forward, swiping out at you with their long, curved cudgels. Shouting for Braugar to stay where he is, you fend off the creature's initial assault before planting your feet and countering the attack. It's two cave goblins. Good, good, good. I'm close to him when the goblins attack. Which means there's, they are going to be focusing on me because I'm the one who can kill them. Yeah. Alright, good, good. This is probably the best best option I could, way it could turn out. I'm far enough away from him that he's not going to be caught in the melee, but I'm close enough that they can't attack him and attack me without him. Attack him without me immediately going, Oi, none of that. Head explode. <laughs> the goblins shriek wildly as they attack and are slain. 6xp. Stepping away from the corpse of the slain goblins, you turn and make your way to Bravo's side. The fur-clad man will aim slumped up against the wagon wheel, clutching at one of the deeper wounds on the left side of his torso. He winces and coughs as you stoop next to him and tells you he doesn't think he can stand. Needed to find Iverston, he says before collapsing into a violent fit of coughing. Fight. Yeah. I pray that he's made it to Hawklaw. Leave me and go after him. You have to find him. After making certain there were no other goblins lurking about, you tell Bob Gore you will set off in search of his son. He nods, thanks you, and closes his eyes. As you rise from your crouched position, your eyes are drawn to something to the west. You take several steps along the road. Your eyes straining against the frigid, snowy gloom as you attempt to make your way out of the distant, indistinct slope. Slope, slowly but steadily coming your way. What could it be? More goblins? Half expecting to face more of the vile goblins, you remain in a guarded stance your keen eyes fixed on the dark form advancing upon you through the falling snow. Only a few moments later, when the shape is revealed to be several moving figures, the foremost of which clutches a glowing lantern, a profound sense of relief washes over you. Within minutes, a group of seven men emerge from the wintry gloom. The head of the armed possession is perhaps Hawklaw's most renowned resident, I guess... Pilipor. I guess I'm not really a resident of Hawklaw. I mean, I do spend a lot of time there, but I'm not a resident. The, pro the proprietor of the Stoneback Tavern 
has a young lad at his side who immediately rushes over and embraces Brywagdor. An eighth man appears out of the darkness at the back of the group, holding the cut reins of the horses that were obviously hitched to Brylagor's wagon. The animals seem a bit... The animals seem a bit agitated, but otherwise, the horses got away too. That's nice. Because I admit, horses are also made of meat. And and they're made of a lot of meat, because horses are huge. Ridiculously huge. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, if if you were... uh, gob them and we saw a horse, you might think, we could eat that. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, we could totally eat that horse. Yeah, we could cook it and eat it. And there's so much we could, like, eat it again and again and again because horses are huge. Can't tell you how glad we are to find you here, cries Pilipos, striding up and meeting you in his shoulder cross. That lad came bursting in a tavern with stories about goblins. All out of breath. Well, well, here you are. Let it not be said we ever let such a thing pass without taking proper action. But I'll say it again. Glad we were able to find things well in hand. You learn that when Iverstone reached Stoneback Tavern and related news of the goblin attack, the entire common room swiftly took up arms and followed Pripador out into the snowy night. It's not the first time we've had to run those fiends from our borders, says Pripador, brandishing a long iron wad. I suppose you've taken care of that, though. And speaking for myself, I'm not sorry to have missed it. I'd have been happy to have, but... Happy to have, but I'm certainly not sorry to have missed it. Hey, look, what are these, these people in Hawklaw doing things on their own? Yeah, they might think they'd better to handle the whole thing on their own. Well, would they? Yeah, I think, yeah, actually, they probably would on their own have managed to get to Bidapur one time. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's eight of them. One of them's probably some sort of woodsman who could follow the trail. But would they have got there soon enough? Would Brolagor have bled out before they got here? Hmm. Yeah, he'd definitely be, he'd be in a worse position, that's for sure. Um, and then would they have been able to handle the goblins? Oh, man, eight. Mean, mean, eight. Eight roughly armed people versus two goblins? think they could probably take on two goblins but if it was all the goblins no no so it was so people who say the day are number one that ogre because that ogre had it turned up that man would be gone i know number one the ogre number two me number three pinnipo and number four, Iverston. Maybe I could do it around. Yeah, it was a group effort. It really was. Yeah. I mean, you take away any of those people and the situation would be a lot worse.
with the storm worsening all present, directed by Pulipor's loud, authoritative voice, set about preparing to transport by Brogador to Hawklaw. After a bit of wrangling, a couple of minor injuries and a fair amount of cursing, the team is hitched, some, somewhat, and Brogador is loaded onto the wagon. All on! All on! shouts Pulipor, waving everyone aboard. A farmer named Yurik takes the wains, and the wagon lurches off along the snowy road. Seated next to the supine, supine Baragdor, you watch as his young son, Everston, tries his best to comfort his father as the wagon rumbles and bounces towards Hawklaw. You reassure the lad his father will survive and recover from his ordeal. Everston looks up at you and nods. You can tell he remains, remains extremely worried. Just hold on, you lot, says Prilipor, as the first faint lights of the village come into view, view up ahead. We'll be, in, we'll be in where the fire can warm us before you know it. We'll set him up in front of her. Someone, fetch Delaro. Jersey's only a few stop hops from here. But who, who'll go? She'll be the one we want tending his wounds. <laughs> it's 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 world building. It allows Charles Elixir's don't dust boost, boost adventurous stats. She also knows healing ones. Yay! World building. A couple of hours later, as you sit with your feet pushed out towards the crackling blaze that fills the stone bars fireplace, you're approached by Pinipore. The tavern keeps sighs as he takes a seat next to you and briskly rubs his hands while holding them next to the while holding them to the fire. We've all seen nights colder than this, he says. There's something in the air tonight. A bit more bite than usual. Of course, I'm not accustomed to wandering out in a storm like we did earlier. Seems I can't keep the fire hot enough to thaw myself. You glance over at Brywardor, lying atop a heap of furs on the opposite side of the hearth. He seems to be making a grand recovery. His wounds will take time to fully heal, but he's managed to survive the savagery of his cruel assailants. And he had a help. He had a lot of help. Basking in the fire's warm glow, his wounds expertly treated by Talaro. He appears to be regaining his strength with every minute that passes. A tug on your left sleeve serves to startle you, and you turn to find Iverston, Brogador's young son, standing at your side, with his eyes welling with tears. The lad throws his arms around you and hugs you tightly. He steps back and turns to leave. He softly mutters, Thank you. When when you when when he when he's back at his father's side, Pulipor lodges you. You look over at your host and find him smiling. Now, that just made it seem a bit less chilly. He says, "Just to show, just goes, just goes to show. It's not not all of life's rewards are about dragon hordes and castles floating on clouds." Are they? Hmm. I haven't seen any castles floating on clouds. 
but I have seen Dragon Hordes. Well, I haven't seen it, but there is there there's one available. Well, well, okay. Well, it wasn't really a horn per se that I got from that sea dragon, but twenty-four adventure tokens. That sure that feels like a horde. Hmm. It's as it turns out, Bagridor makes a full recovery, and is soon is soon once more with his family. Tending his plot of land on the outskirts of Hawklaw. Now, whenever your adventures take you near the village, you sometimes stop to play Prodor a village. There, this small, comfortable dwelling, the edge of the forest. You're always given a warm welcome. Welcome and treated to a meal fit for a thane. The rugged farmer, quite often to the charge of his wife, always seems eager to account the howling events that took place on that snowy dusk along the lonely forest road east of Hawklaw. And that finishes this adventure with with, with everyone being okay except except those two gob except those two goblins I killed, but I mean you can't fix stupid now, can you? Anyway, I get 256 experience to general and 66-64 experience to all skills and powers. So there, that finishes off another of the Hawklaw adventures. That's, I think that, that'll be enough for today. We've passed, the, we've passed the hour mark. So the next one, I think, we'll do... The end of your rope. And then, that's a pretty short one. So we'll probably do On the Road to Hawklaw. Red Warren's a, a long adventure. That'll be its own episode. And maybe, if we have time left, we'll move on to a little matter about... About an orb. But maybe not. We'll just see how much time we have. But, until then... Farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. 
Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.